This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tab. It's Tuesday, it's the 14th of February, 2023. It's Valentine's Day, the time for love. And today, love is uh, blind. Oh dear. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. Hey, Sean Priest. <laughs> are you back? Are we sticking with that? Are we Love, oh, is, love blind. is Blind? Oh. I've, I've, been, I've been dancing around with different titles for today's show, and I just yeah. thought, Love is yeah. Blind, I mean, aside the fact it's also a Netflix show, so don't sue us. Um, um, oh, yeah, that's right. I looked at that yesterday. Had the word blind in it. I thought, I'm going to check it out. No blindness in it. Terrible. Of course there's not any blindness in it. I've never actually watched that show. By all accounts, it's very good. Yes. Yeah, no. If it's, you um, like that kind of thing. Yes, it's it's for the ladies. I'm going to say it. There, I've said it. Okay. I, 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 don't, I don't, I've never watched this. So I've no idea. Yeah, um, no, it's, it's not But here's me. the thing. Um, it, Love is Blind today because we are talking to a couple who have uh, gotten together on social media. I was going to call the show Love on the Socials. Love on the socials, ain't no surprise, but uh, it doesn't work quite the same, <laughs> no, if doesn't. I'm being perfectly honest. <laughs> Especially, it was funny, I was thinking of all the songs, right? I was thinking of love songs, and I, I thought, oh, here we go, yep. here's Roxette, it must have been love, but it's yep. over. Oh, no, hang on, that's not right. Um, no, yeah, it, they're, they're not really celebrating love, it's all about end of love, isn't it? But th- that song is, yes. Well, Generally, yeah, it's about things ending. Yeah. yeah. Which I know is, wow, is, is our really ruined approach. It. Yeah, no, that's it. I know this, the candles have blown out and the <laughs> argument has started. It's actually the perfect Valentine's Day. Um, Love on social media. Is it possible or is it just hate on social media? Hate mm. on love. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, as John Lennon said, oh. uh, woman. Uh, he also, I am the walrus. And he said that. And then he also said uh, <laughs> revolution and... Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Imagine. Where were you going with this? I don't know. I was, trying to th- I was trying to be inspiring about love. So today we're going to hear from Jürgen and Kerry, two people who met on social media, and they met specifically they met on Clubhouse. Hmm. Now, we'll get into the story of why and how they met on Clubhouse, but actually I think this is a great idea because what they've done is they've used – the great thing with social media, right, is, is that obviously you can talk to lots of people, but – on Twitter, on Facebook, and on the elephant now, uh, which is Mastodon, uh, or I'm going to call it the elephant. Um, on the elephant network, you can—it's oh, the same thing. It's, you're right. just talking to people sure. in tweets, right, or or, or toots, right. or whatever it is. But the point is that toots. it's just text. Thank you. Um, whereas on Clubhouse, you're actually hearing someone's voice. Does that make a difference? Does that make it better or worse? Surely, if love is blind, Stephen Scott, we should go away with the visuals and also the audio and surely just show the uh, essence of our character through the use of text and our yeah, words. Yeah, but people don't do that, do they? No, no, we're all terrible. If you sound sexy, I'm interested. I mean, honestly, I have. <laughs> I had to say the other day, I was, I was talking to someone the other day, right? And she says to me, you've got, you've got such a great voice. Oh. And I said, oh, oh that's right. nice. And she Steady. said, honestly, she said, you could read the phone book. And I said, eyes up here, dear. Come on. Um, you know, can, can, can you actually listen to what I'm saying? So I shouldn't hear it. It's fine. She was too busy listening to my voice. Stop but, perving on my voice. Honest, Come on, like, Honestly, I was objective. I was objectified. You are a, a, a sex object, Stephen Scott. I have been saying it for years. <laughs> my not, voice not sure is, what that no, object is. No, it's round. <laughs> I'll tell you that. It's round. Uh, <laughs> people ask me all the time. They say, are you in shape? I say, yeah, well, round is a shape. <laughs> But I'm no, sh- okay, so we're in. Right, we're on. We're on. Let's do this. Um, it, it is a good point, though. It, um, it, it, no, because, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, when Clubhouse came about, though, there was that talk about you know the audio uh, social media platform because we had spaces on Twitter and things yeah. like that. And does it make it more personal? Is it better for us? Do we prefer it as blind people? But remember, over- we said all that before they had Twitter spaces and Facebook's equivalent and all the other ones. That Because that all came later. It was all Clubhouse was the first one to come around where you really could have a meaningful conversation with someone. It wasn't. I mean, you you would go into a room, you would yeah, physically does it make it more virtually meaningful? Go into a room. I don't know. It, it, it's, it is the same as you know using dating without photos or videos. Does it actually get in the way of getting to know someone if you're listening to their voice rather than what they're actually saying? Well, I think I think when on a dating app you are putting together a performance. You know, you're, you're because you're. 
you obviously don't want people to know who you really are. No, because so, I'm terrible. Because if yeah. you said, you know, all I do all day is slouch around eating anything yeah. I can find in a fridge and, and watch Netflix, like and yeah. in your case on a commode, <laughs> then, you know, that's that's obviously not going to be a selling point. That's the no. thing, right? So, no. you know, you, you, you're not going to say that. You're going to say, I love uh, water skiing and Oof. long walks whilst and reading. counting my vast piles of money. <laughs> is it? Is it? So is all social media just... Um, yeah, you know, just a lie. Is it always a lie? Uh, well, no, like, I'm, I'm talking about dating apps, though. I think if you're on dating, if you're looking for someone, and that's well, it's different on social Instagram? media. Because, well, well, they, oh, come on. Chat or whatever, no, where no, all these no, influencers no, no. are, here's me on my private jet, here's me looking gorgeous after my thousandth exactly. selfie. And, that's and not what this it, is about. But is I think when, when, we, when you hear the conversation between Jurgen and Kerry today, I think you'll, uh, you'll realise the secret to meeting someone online. I think they've got the secret. I think they've got it nailed, actually. I think they've got something here. So yes. we'll let them, love. let them tell God the story. Them. You know, that, that helps as well, yes. Um, so all that today. Uh, also, speaking of the elephant, Mastodon, the elephant in the room, as I'm going to start calling it, because uh, it seems people are leaving it in droves. Oh, is, it, is the honeymoon over already? Was it ever really a honeymoon? It was more of a nightmare, really, wasn't it? I mean, it just... We all had to find somewhere else to go, and then we found it, and now it's terrible. You are in a terrible mood today. You are so disappointed. It wasn't a nightmare. It's like the WhatsApp thing. I deleted TikTok, by the way. Oh, well well done, you. Thank you. Yeah, but that's why I'm miserable, because I stayed up last night with nothing to watch. (laughs) Everyone jumped to Signal or Telegram when uh, WhatsApp was going through the, oh, no, they're all listening to us phase. Uh, And that lasted for a while three, four weeks, and then everyone went back to WhatsApp. Isn't it just the same thing? Everyone was slightly worried by Twitter. Well, and- I actually think this is a really timely conversation because we're talking about Clubhouse today and the impact it's having. But I think that uh, Mastodon may be the place for the blind community to go. I think what's happening is, yes, lots of people are leaving, but I think there's a there's a, another story here, which is that a lot of blind people are staying or preferring it. Not everyone, because I do see people still on Twitter who've tried Mastodon and say, it's just not for me. I don't, I mean, I haven't spent enough time there. I, I did sign up. I don't really know how I got in. It, the, the sign-up process is bizarre. You end up in a server full of people you don't know, and then somehow you've got to try and find your way out of that server to get to other places. It just sounds terrible. So I don't know. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's not a community in the way that essentially Twitter is. You know, you're just, once you're there, the world is available to you. Lots of people are there. You can just talk to them. Uh, whereas... You know, Mastodon seems a bit more closed down than that. I, I just don't really... I, I didn't find it as user-friendly as people might have suggested it was. However, I think there's a lot of people out there who are blind who will prefer that. And look, let's be honest, and I know I keep saying this, you might not like it, but silos, I don't like them, but some people do. Some people love to just spout their stuff, and they, they've got a captive audience of people who just agree with them. And if that's what you want, then it seems Mastodon's the place to go. Isn't that a community? Well, it's a community that all think the same way. Um, there's another word for that. Um, cult, I think, is the word I'm thinking of. But um... <laughs> Yeah, but one man's cult is another man's community. It's a close-knit community because <laughs> you think in the same way. Well, I don't know. I don't know if it's good if people are agreeing all the time like that. I think, I mean, it, it's fine if that's what you want, but it doesn't give any room for other opinion. And I think I we're think starting anyone, to see... Uh, any community always thinks exactly the same way. I think there's always going to be debate in any community. I mean, it's, it's perspective. You know, one man's safe space is another man's, I don't know, safe space can be a good thing. It doesn't have to be a negative. It doesn't have to be a a cult, as you say. I don't know. Uh, shall we get some emails and voicemails? Yes, why not? Lots of people getting in touch with us, as always, as people do. Um, let's start off with Cece, who's been in touch. Today, folks, this is Cece on the line from Montreal. I experimented a little bit with the new Bing app on iPhone. And whenever I try to use the voice search, the version of uh, voiceover voice that I use says Bing listening ellipsis, and the automatic search reads me an article on listening. And I can't find a way to stop it. And there's a bunch of unlabeled buttons, so I have to turn the app off and start again. Thanks. Oh, brilliant. That's uh, that's a good start, isn't it? Yeah, unlabeled buttons, and uh, it's just listening to your voiceover talking. 
and answering its questions. Yes, I wish our artificial <laughs> intelligence would label the buttons. That's that's terrible. Yeah, so just do the mm. two finger at uh, the three three finger double tap to mute your speech when you've got focus on the talk button and then double tap then obviously when it listens it's not listening to voiceover saying listening which it takes as a command um it's weird but yes i haven't actually tried it myself the the label buttons (sighs) are you interested in chat gpt as being um as a standalone I'll... app i mean you know I, I i get it as part of the computer maybe it's taken over from google search uh depending on how good the response is going to be well you know i did see a, a couple of weeks back i think um that i do worry that it starts to plateau because lots of people have been playing with this already so the geeks are really into this and they know what it's capable of i don't know if most people are going to use it in the way that you know they're not everyone's going to build a website from it not everyone's going to start coding apps you know, a lot of people just want to know, okay, so how many pounds are in an ounce or whatever it is, you know? Yeah, is which is good, though, know. right? But, no, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Ounces are in a pack. I don't know. <laughs> but look, the, the point is, how many times do you, when you do a Google search, do you go directly to that featured clip it? Is that what it's called? You know, yeah. I think at the start where it gives you the, like, sometimes I'll say, how do you do this on this? And oh, it'll yeah, give yes. you a step-by-step it's, guide. Google's great fit- for that. Yeah. Yeah, Feature exactly. snippet from the web. Yeah, and you don't have to go through all the links taking you to websites and then actually find the thing it's talking about. But actually, in essence, that's what ChatGPT or Bing is going to provide, isn't it? But it's going to provide it without all the extra thousand, you know, or 10,000 results that you don't really ever Yeah, as long as it's trustworthy in those results. I mean, so far, the the ChatGPT isn't, you know, it's not 100% accurate. Mm. So if it gives you an answer which isn't true... That is a problem. So, but I'm assuming because you know Microsoft are backing and investing so much in OpenGPT that it's different, and you you won't get any false answers. So we'll have to wait and see. But it's definitely going to be the future. We're going to move away from those list of links and just to a, a, an answer, a one specific answer. That's what Google's, what they call it, Lambda. Yeah. That's what their um, AI is going to do as well. So it's going to be interesting. I, it's a new time. I think the difference between what was search of old and what search will become is that before it gave you all the results and you decided what the right answer was. Yes. Whereas it seems as if this is presenting to you the answer. And that's, I yeah. think, what the problem is, isn't it? That you're kind of feeling, right, hang on, how, how much do I trust this answer? Because it could yeah, be wrong. Yeah, and we got to make sure, is there any biases in this AI? You yeah. know, is it giving me a left-leaning, right-leaning? You know what it's like today? Who knows? It's, it's tricky. I fear that is going to be a conversation for the next 100 years. Yeah, I really do. I don't think that's ever going <laughs> yeah. to become a. I don't think there'll be a day that goes by that someone doesn't find a version of something or an answer to something that they just don't find palatable. I think that's just yep. going to be the way of it, to be perfectly honest. Uh, right, let's get another uh, email in. Uh, thank you for that, CC. Thanks for trying it out and let us know how you got on. Alan has been in touch by email, and Laura reads our emails. Hi, Stephen and Sean. Hope you're well. And just to mention, I listened to the That Real Blind Tech show about a company called Celeste who are talking about their new smart glasses. They're a normal pair of glasses and they're a lot cheaper than Envision and ARX glasses. The Celeste glasses are priced at $700 and they have some of the same talking features that Envision and ARX have. Also, Celeste glasses have seeing AI built on the glasses. Could you try and get the company in for an interview and to describe the glasses on your show? Also, I do not understand why Microsoft are only adding new features for Narrator on Windows 11, but not on Windows 10. It would be good if Narrator could announce when you first log onto your computer that Narrator could say welcome to Narrator and Windows 10 or Windows 11 and then say start programs when the programs come on. Just a suggestion. And could you forward these suggestions to your contacts at Microsoft? Keep up the good work and please try to do some more demos of new products. The other item that RNIB have brought out is another radio, which has some good features but unfortunately does not still announce the radio stations. Surely if the RNIB work together with companies like Pure and Roberts, they can design the radio stations to talk. Kind regards, Alan McKee from Hereford. Oh, thank you, Alan. Don't even get me started on that one. It doesn't uh, tell you the radio station. I'm sorry, that was ridiculous then, and it's ridiculous now. How can you have an accessible radio that doesn't tell you what radio station you're listening to? I, listen, I, I went through this the first time, and it was a nightmare then, because I worked at the RNIB at that point. <laughs> and I remember being asked to do a series of uh, videos talking up this product. And I, I agreed to do one. And I said, I have to be very clear with people that this does not read out the names of the radio stations. And they were... 
No, they were okay with it. They're like, yeah, okay, that's fine because it doesn't. And I'm saying, yeah, but also that's a problem. Because, <laughs> you know, the purpose, I mean, it's what, at, the, at the design <laughs> stage, at the design <laughs> stage, when out? someone said, okay, so let's, let's just maybe ask the first question. Maybe they missed this out. What is the purpose of a radio? <sighs> and I don't know about you, it isn't to stick a USB up so I can listen to my talking books. It's no. to listen to, wait for it, the radio. And in order to listen to the radio, it'd be good to know what the radio station is called. I mean, I know that radio DJs will just tell you the radio station name every five seconds, but I'm not going to hang around for that. Absolutely crazy. That was an incredible decision. Why would you not just get a a smart speaker, a cheap smart speaker at that point? Exactly. Just get a skill. Make a skill. Totally put, Put all the information. I mean, CNIB, I don't know if they do it, but CNIB... RNIB, ACBN, FB, NBC, CBS, whoever they are, you know, just pick a pick an acronym. Um, you know, it's make a B, skill. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, st- get a skill and put all your information about your charity on it, and then we can all just buy smart speakers. Or do you know what? You could save money by just providing smart speakers. You could sell them. Well, I suppose the argument is, and I've run across this recently, is that not everyone, even though it's amazing to us, has internet at home. Well, not everyone I, has I, Wi-Fi again, at home. I spoke to someone from Amazon and I said to them, you, uh, you might remember this, I had a conversation with Amazon and I said, I have got the best idea you could ever, ever use. And that is to come up with a 4G Amazon Echo. Got a little SIM card built into it. You buy it. You've got a deal with the local carrier. And you just buy this thing. You plug That's it clever. in. And it's That's got good. the internet built in. Genius. Absolutely genius. That is really good. I'll and, give you that. And they didn't even, they haven't done it. They haven't done it yet. They did come they up with a robot on wheels. I did suggest that to them. They came up with that. I didn't get yeah. a mention. And then although had I, to sack 18,000 people because of it. I, <laughs> well done, Stephen. I, I am, I, am th- I think my name is in there because, you know, the S in Astro. I think that's me. I think I'm Stephen. Oh, is it? See, I think that's how they've done it. I think that's what they've done. They've put the S for Stephen, and that's what they. That's why they call it Astro, and not you know Lady A. I Stephen. thought uh, another name. Well, I will leave that. Yeah, Astro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really closer to the truth. Um, certainly, that's what I'm called now. We've sacked 16 million people as a result of it. Um, anyway, yes. <sighs> so, what else were we talking about there? Um, um, yeah, sorry, I've totally forgotten. I got, I got. <laughs> sidetracked by the radio which uh, still blows my mind when uh, when any, anything can be classed as accessible if it doesn't do the very basic function of reading eight that was absolutely crazy that thing and it wasn't cheap either celeste glasses that's oh, yes. what he was talking about well so yeah celeste glasses you're right uh, brian and the real blind tech show gang uh they did get an interview I, I actually, i've actually been in touch with this company since december and they oh. keep telling me, yeah, yeah, well, come on, well, come on. And then Are eventually... Are you saying we've been blanked? As, as I Brian think, um, no, no, I, I, I think I think what's going on here is yeah. uh, what they call bias. Blind oh. bias. Is it a hate crime? Yes. Ah, right. Uh, is it because think, of our accents? I think it's because we're... <laughs> it's because we're British and we're in Canada. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> T- everyone talks to the Americans. No one talks to us. It's a disgrace. Just because uh, I called no, Brian seriously. Ryan when and, I met and him. And this is a Canadian uh, company, uh, by the way. This is a Canadian company. Uh, yeah. yeah, so sounds they, cool. They well. have been in touch, and they have said they will be coming on once the product is close to release. So we will be talking to them nearer the time. And to be fair, the product isn't out yet, so maybe it's a good time to wait and, and actually hear. Maybe there's more updates to come, and we'll we'll get more yes. information about the product. So that's that's my sugar coating of that particular reason we've been bumped. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I'm not bitter about it at all. No. Uh, okay, so let's get an email from Greg. Oh, good old Greg, Pennsylvania Greg. Uh, email oh. from Greg, and it's read, of course, by Laura. In regard to Kirk's email, I too have RP, was a long-time Zoom text user, and made the switch to Fusion, first with the Windows Eyes screen reader and now the JAWS screen reader. I highly recommend getting used to magnification with a full screen reader as soon as possible. You'll be very glad you did later as your RP progresses, as it most surely will. I can't help with the Zoom text crashes except to suggest you make sure Freedom Scientific receives all the Zoom text crash logs. I have not experienced a Zoom text crash for a number of years, never on Windows 11 or 10, don't remember one on 7 for sure, had many on Windows Vista. Stephen's suggestion of a clean Windows install is a good one if your company can allow it. Good luck, Greg in Pennsylvania. 
Yeah, so if you didn't catch this one, Kirk got in touch with us. He was having issues with his computer at work. And I, I must admit, my alarm bell started ringing when I heard the words at work, because oftentimes these systems are locked down in some way. Yes, And absolutely. I know from my own experience, I've had this where companies, you know, they, they use system images to install Windows onto the computers, and it can have an impact on, you know, what the, the privacy settings are and all the rest. That can have an impact on the access software. That may well be the case with ZoomText. Um, we, we do have an update on this. Uh, because Kirk says, thank you so much for acknowledging my email on uh, the Zoom text issues. Regarding Windows, I checked with my IT co- company at work, and uh, they are running Windows 10 version 21H2 Enterprise. They also push out group policies once per week. Thank you for looking into this. Uh, Windows 10. Now, of course, Zoom text is, I guess, the latest updates are built for Windows 11. So I don't know how backwards compatible all that is. And I have to say... This isn't about Zoom text at this point, really. It's about Microsoft, I think. Um, no, 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 no. No, I've, I've had issues with this. I, I had real issues with Windows 10 and JAWS at certain points. Yeah, yeah, if yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah. keep Windows up to date, you know, because JAWS is moving on all the time. All the software is moving on to keep up. It's not, it's not, it can't also be backwards compatible with everything. No, but Zoom text should know that. They should know, especially if it's running Windows 10. They will know if there's any issues or conflicts between the current version of Zoom text and that version of Windows 10. But they're updating um, Windows 10 separately to Windows 11 at the minute. I mean, look at look at that email earlier. Yeah, yeah, from yeah, Alan, who are. says, you know, narrator is getting updates on Windows 11, not Windows 10. I mean, oh, I'm sorry, yeah, but the, the Zoom Techs have access to the insider ring, if, if not more. So they know of the upcoming version. So they know if there's going to be an issue there. And if, if it's constant, I actually don't know this email, but if, if I can make it, if Zoom Techs is crashing constantly under this version of Windows, um, it, it's down to Zoom Techs to sort that out. Well, they have been, they has, he, has, he has been in touch with ZoomText, well, Vespero and Freedom Scientific, Vespero, sorry, yes. to, to find out more about this. So uh, they are looking into it as well, I believe. But, you know, I again, would assume it's a graphics driver issue if it's constantly crashing yeah. when it's something to do with the magnification. Does it happen when you're changing magnification? Does it happen when you're moving the screen about or it's following the cursor? Um, maybe the, it's, un- uh, the unknown quantity about all this is that system, the IT system version, which I think is probably at the heart of this. Because if you take the same software and probably put it on a system that's not an IT, you know, not a, a corporate system, say running Windows 10, you'll probably find it's okay. And if that's the case, then it's down to the system image. And, and the only reason I know this with some certainty is because I went through it in my last job a lot. Uh, we used to find all kinds of discrepancies when it came to JAWS software running on you know, a system image. And oftentimes the system image had to be adapted to suit which was a good thing because then we found the flaws. It's just it's whether or not your IT company or IT team are willing to deal with it. This is often well, the yeah, challenge. They, they should be. See, Especially the because he- it's a lot easier just to say it's not my problem, right? Yeah, Turn like, it off exactly. and on again. That's, That's IT for you, right? But it's always passing the buck, right? Yeah. It's always like it's ZoomText problem or it's Microsoft's problem or you know, the IT department don't want to touch it. It's trying to get someone <laughs> to actually take some time and take a look into it. It could be a case of, you know what, if you move your system over to a different laptop, a different computer with maybe a different display driver set in it, it will work fine. Maybe it is just that Oops. system. Oh, hello, <laughs> steady now. Drop Maybe it is just that computer he's using. If the IT team take the time to swap over to a different hardware, maybe it'll be I, fine. I, I think it's just you mentioned IT department, and I just immediately went, ah! you get panic. <laughs> I want to kill someone. Uh, right, listen, stick around. We are going to talk love next on Double Tap. Oof, feel dirty now. Uh, well, hopefully, I'll clean, feel cleaner after the short Stop break. <laughs> Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap On Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, Back to the show. And we're talking all about love on Valentine's Day. Uh, love on social media, to be exact. I've got Jürgen, I've got Kerry with me today, and we're going to talk about how they met. Uh, guys, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us here on uh, Double Tap. Perhaps uh, you can uh, begin by telling us uh, actually how you both met. Do you want me to start off? Yeah, go for it. So, two years ago, uh, pretty much now, two weeks ago, uh, two years ago, in a few days, actually, I was on Clubhouse. I'd been on Clubhouse for about a week and I wandered into a room. It was a sort of broad business networking room in the States and uh, introduced myself and uh, I met Kerry. 
And I had just got on Clubhouse. So I was there for business networking because I have my own business and I, you know, we were locked down and I was like, how do you meet people? So a friend of mine had invited me back in the days when Clubhouse was invite. And I put up a huge fight. I was like, I don't want another platform. I just, I don't. And it's just, I think you'll like this one. So I signed up probably a few weeks ahead of you and really just was getting to know what this platform did and, you know, saw a room that said business networking. I thought that's what I need. So hopped on in and uh, heard Jurgen introduce himself. And I remember clicking follow a little too quick, maybe just thinking I might need to know this person who might have some good connections over in the UK. Um, so quickly you know, push the follow and that's sort of the beginning of it, really. <laughs> Wow. I, mean, I guess the, the key thing was to remember is that we were kind of five and a half thousand miles apart. So mm -hmm. I was living alone in a, a little flat in southwest London, and uh, Carrie was living in uh, her parents' house all the way in Colorado. So getting to know each other that sort of distance apart in the midst of lockdown was, it was quite an experience. Yeah, there's quite a lot in there, right? Because you've got lockdown going on, you've got the social media aspect, you're both essentially meeting in a place which is about business networking and maybe it wasn't entirely your intention to meet someone else for a relationship, but that obviously is how it came to be. Uh, Jürgen, if you don't mind me bringing this up, but you were going through your own challenges at that point regarding your, your site. Yeah, it's fair to say. I mean... I, this was, I guess, a kind of year into lockdowns and things, right? So I was a year into living on my own. Uh, I lost my eyesight in August 2019 and about four weeks before lockdown, I thought it was a great idea to move into a flat on my own and had gone through, a, you know, a journey, I'd say, of uh, figuring out the world again and uh, using everyone's least favorite uh, sight loss charity or favorite, depending on who you are, <laughs> to learn the basics of voiceover and everything else. And I and actually just sort of started getting back into work, uh, which is how I got invited to Clubhouse. But I think one of the things we both found on Clubhouse was that, yeah, there was this sort of business component and it, it was, you know, it was about networking and that's certainly why I went on there originally. But there was also this massive social side because I think all of us, right, we're all looking for a connection. We're all looking for an opportunity to find new friendships, build relationships of all varying kinds because Clubhouse, it might be a business space. It might be a tech space. It might be lots of things, but at its root, it's, it's a social media platform and I think for me, as for many others who'll be listening to this, is it was the one social media where I didn't have to worry about was I looking into the camera? Could people mm. see, you know, had I forgotten to do my hair or whatever it was, right? I felt so much like, so much less conscious about everything else that was happening around me and with my sight loss because the only thing that really mattered was my voice and my ability to hold a reasonably okay conversation. Yes. And I think for me, I, I definitely wasn't looking for a relationship on it. I had, I was in a period of life where I, I was like, I'm, I'm good. I don't want to date. I'm, I'm happy. I was kind of actively really trying to maintain that status. And so, you know, going into clubhouse and, and having the conversations and just connecting almost as if you would like, old school on a phone, right? And having, listening to their interests and who they are in, in other, you know, in a, like a room full of other people kind of was like going to meeting in, in, I guess, a regular fashion, right? You might meet up with some friends and you all connect and, and you get to know each other. Um, and that sort of made it easier for me because, yeah, there'd been no way you would have gotten me on one of those dating apps ever again. So I just enjoyed getting to know you and other people in the sense of our friends and stuff that we know through Clubhouse in this sort of casual and yet very unique way to, to meet someone. It's interesting you use the word unique because it is quite unique in that sense that, you know, social media is often text-based or image-based with Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, those kind of platforms. Or it's, you know, that you're pulling in content from somewhere like YouTube and, and showing it there. So you're you're either seeing someone as you see, you're either seeing them 
or you're reading information about them. And that doesn't tell you a lot about the individual, but the voice does. And it's interesting, Kerry, from your point of view, because, you, you know, th- this is a platform for a lot of blind people. It's, it's totally obvious that this platform would work for blind people because we can just talk to one another. But there's another aspect to that. And what I think has probably come out of this for a lot of people is they learn about the individual first rather than their, well, anything about them, frankly. They don't know anything. They don't know the colour. They don't know their... You can argue they don't know anything about their identity, whether they're male or female, whether you know they're anything. That's, I guess, one of the the plus points about something like Clubhouse, right? You're getting to know someone for who they really are, and obviously, Jurgen was appealing to you, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, clearly, I'm I mean, otherwise, I'm you know, like, we wouldn't be here. I will have to say, he has an amazing sounding voice, um, and you know, I'm I'm a bit. Well, I guess I have a bias for for the Scottish culture. My my family's actually all from the Shetland Isles. Um, all my extended family live up there, so I grew up in a Scottish household, going visiting home and stuff. So it, it, maybe there was a bit of that, but I mean, he does have this. Uh, you know, when I remember hearing your voice, I'm thinking, "Ooh, who is that?" And then catching myself by what, why, why did you have that reaction? And like kind of turning it off for a while. But yeah, you just sort of seemed. Like somebody, like you had a kind voice, and I think that's what really drew me to it. Oh, that's nice, Jorgen. You've got a kind voice. You, do, you actually, you do. Now I think about it. You do. Cheery. You have a cheery yeah. little voice. <laughs> He's gone all shy. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those, right? I mean, you, and you're right. See, it just everything's stripped back, right? Because. And the same thing in what you said, right? It's a really obvious platform for us blind people. It, it also strips everything back in terms of how we immediately perceive people. You know, people always ask, I'm sure you've been, you know, everyone listening to this has been through this, a lot of people anyway. What What's the big thing that you, you notice when you lose your sight? And for me, it's the the loss of the visual input, right? The loss of focus of what do you see? What do you visually observe? And on a platform like Clubhouse, where you can't, you don't have video, okay, you might have a little image or whatever, but you don't, you don't really see someone. You don't really see their mannerisms. You can't tell how they're, you know, visually reacting to something. So you're purely focused on their voice. You're purely focused on not just what they say, but how they say it and the spirit with which they say it. And I think that's such a special thing. And I think that's, for me, was that just that massive opportunity to get to know someone in a way in which I didn't feel the same pressure of, uh, you know, trying to go and meet someone in public, trying to go, go to the pub and find them and have that, that sort of fear of you go on a date in a pub with someone from a dating app and they come in and see you in Scarper. You know, that's, yeah. that's a real fear. Well, it's, um, a, it's a performance as well, dating, isn't it? I mean, it really is a performance. You you do feel you're on show. You have to. I mean, I, I say this as someone who's very lucky in my life. I've never had to go through this. Happily married man, don't need to go through it. Thank God I don't have to deal with what they have to deal with these days. But, you know, it is a bit of a performance, it seems. You do have to be prepared to, you know, essentially create a version of yourself that isn't necessarily true. Uh, you know, that's just not that you're lying, but you're just you're creating something that people will hopefully find attractive or hopefully find likable. And that, that, I think, can be the difficult bit, whereas what happened with you two, it, it seemed very natural. It just seemed to, you seemed to click naturally, but because all that nonsense was, wasn't part of it. I think that's right. I mean, I think we had the opportunity to get to know each other in a really old-fashioned, sort of really natural, progressive way. And that was kind of a couple of months uh, before, you know, the uh, the conversation went farther. Uh, I'll, I'll let Kerry take on that part. Mm. Well, I mean, we've been hanging out and chatting and getting to know each other, and you know, I'm I think I was seven hours behind you in regards to time, and so I I'm a night owl, so I'd be in this late night room. It was called like night out night night hacks for night owls or something, and it was kind of a gratitude. Cl- group and people just kind of you know said i don't know it's just a nice way to start trying to relax and fall asleep and then he'd pop up at like five thirty his time and then i'd end up staying on this room until super late because 
you know, I'm trying to learn more about you and see what was going on. But I mean, it took, I had to be the brave one. I had to finally, I realized probably about two ish months in, I was like sitting around, I was talking with a friend and kind of telling her how I'd met this gentleman on clubhouse and I'd explain clubhouse and kind of feeling awkward about like what, you know, how do you explain this to the world? And she was like, well, you obviously have a crush on him. And I was like, no, I don't. Like, I no, definitely don't. And then it was like, I, I think I might. It's been a while. This is a new feeling again. And so then I kind of started recognizing that he might be a catch. And I thought, I'm going to have to tell him. So you can, in Clubhouse, you can have like a, a more of like a one-on-one conversation. And I pinged him into a room and I think I just awkwardly said, like, you know, I just need to tell you something. I think I, I like you. And then hold my breath, hoping that, you know, I didn't even know if you had a partner. I had no clue. I, I realized as I was saying the words, I didn't know that side of your life too much. And so luckily you responded with. <laughs> I said quite, I think pretty quickly. I think probably within about two seconds. I like you too. <laughs> uh, and, uh, really kind of excited uh, teenage boy type fashion. <laughs> My voice may have crackled or not, who, who can quite be sure, but you know, I think it was it, it was just such an organic thing. Uh, it was just such a completely inorganic, but entirely organic thing, in the sense that, you know, to your point, it's just, it's not what I expected to ever happen on Clubhouse. No. And it also, it normalised the idea that we spoke a lot on the phone and because of lockdowns and this is mid-April or end of April uh, of that year it meant that we again were still relying on the telephone so I mean we would be on the phone four or five hours a day uh, between evening and morning our various sides of the, the world and it wasn't actually until August where we were actually able to meet up in public uh, in person, and that was actually in Iceland because that was the only country that would let us both in. Mm-hmm. And wow. uh, it, I mean, to say it's bold to make your first in-person date a five-day holiday in Iceland, uh, I'd say is an understatement. But it was one of those, and people said, "Well, what if it goes terribly? Well, you know, what if it you just crash and burns on day one?" I was like, "Well." And we're going to have a really awkward time in Iceland. Uh, but then it's over in five days and we move on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. it's like whatever, worst, right? Yeah, worst case, <laughs> it's only five days. <laughs> I was like, we'll be in a new space. We can find something to entertain us. I mean, I knew, I knew we'd be fine as like getting along and things. I mean, yes, yeah, if it didn't go as planned on the, do we want to continue seeing each other? But, you know, luckily that we, we did have a, a lovely time and ended up, you know, deciding that we should continue to to pursue even though i was flying back to colorado and you were flying back to london yeah we did we did have one of those like weird airport moments where i i was being escorted by a guy through security to get me to my flight because we'd spent a little bit too long in the the first class lounge and she sort of escorted me through and then realized that kerry and i hadn't had a chance to say goodbye Kerry was being taken aside for extra uh, checks because she was flying back to the States. And uh, these sort of burly security guys weren't for letting her come through to say goodbye. Uh, to which the guide kind of, she just took them on. She was like, she will come through and say goodbye to her man. <laughs> and uh, through she came. I, I mean, obviously, benefits of being blind. I couldn't tell this at the time, but we mm. had a sort of, Prolonged goodbye kiss, which Kerry in front of 150 strangers. Like (laughs) I could see everything. (laughs) I was like, that was. I definitely had like a little bit of like the ending of Love Actually when he's chasing the girl to see her at the end of the, you know, get the kiss. But I was, you know, like trying to enjoy the moment, but recognizing that we were definitely being watched and possibly filmed. So it was a little more, um, you know, awkward for me. I think. It's just this should be a movie. When is the movie? When is when's the movie of this coming out? Is Netflix on it? Because I mean, come on, this would be brilliant to watch. Um, Carrie, I do have to ask you: When did you find out that Jurgen was blind? When when did that come up in conversation? 
Uh, day one of Clubhouse, because he used to introduce himself as, hi, my name's Jurgen. I'm the blind foodie. Uh, he came uh. out, it was just direct. And then I remember the first couple of times I was like, well, I mean, maybe he's blind food tasting, you know, I mean, it, but you were pretty much straight up open about it in all your conversations. Um, especially since we're doing like the advocacy work and things. And so. The reason, the reason I ask right that on. question, the reason I bring that up is because I, I'm intrigued to know, because I know from my own experience um, earlier in my life when, you know, anything around disability was mentioned, even though I was, you know, born as a disabled guy myself. Um, I, I remember people used to say to me, if I was around other disabled people, they'd say, you know what, you've got to be careful there. You know, if you're dating someone who's disabled, yeah, you know, you've got to be careful. And I'm just wondering, based on what you said about, you know, friends saying to you both, perhaps separately, hey, going to Iceland and spending five days together, that might not be the best idea. Did at any point, Kerry, someone say to you, but Jürgen's blind. I mean, is that, is that, how's that going to go? I think I did more of the hyper analyzing in my head, like how I, I think I was concerned. Like I didn't want to have that uh, reaction, right? Because I, I think that was what I expected. And I, I had, luckily, everybody on in my world was just, that's fine. And I was shocked. I mean, I was a little surprised because I thought I would get that a little bit more, you know, um, and I, you know, for me, it was just the getting to know him. I felt like I knew him. And I mean, I definitely, I should have, as soon as he showed up in Iceland, I realized I'm like, I have no idea how to guide somebody. I hadn't even looked at the, I had done no research. I hadn't, I was, you know, and then I kind of felt like maybe I should have done a little more, um, you know, effort on that part, but you know, I didn't run you into too many things that day. Um, and so luckily I think I had that, that gift of having people I know close to me, just seeing how happy I was and, and saying, kind of go for it. Obviously there's been moments since then, since we've been dating where people have said things that, you know, you kind of really like, why, why would you say that? I had a one person talk to me. I was explaining, you know, who, you know, who Jorgen was and who I was. It was kind of a networking thing. And she paused. She goes, Oh, that's just so honorable of you. And it, to <sighs> this day, every time I hear that, I think, well, what I want to say is, uh, I, you know, like I, I was like, no, like that's not appropriate. And that's not how I feel at all. But you know, there's just that sometimes you'll get those moments where you realize people can't, they can't put themselves in your shoes quite yet and don't understand. Um, you know, how to ask the question or how to speak about it. And they just sometimes fumble in an awkward fashion. And I've had to, you know, I've had some moments where I've, you know, had to sort of let that stick out to you. I mean, I've got to say, (laughs) Kerry has been a quick learner in how to advocate for me in the right moment in the right way without trying to I mean, not to be too wordy about it, but disempowering me or whatever you want to call it. I guess that my favourite example, I was literally in Stitchers, we're coming out the tube station in Balham and, you know, I just take my wallet out, go through the gates to come through. Kerry's just slightly ahead of me. And I hear this kind of voice go, excuse me, excuse me, is it okay if I pray for him? And Kerry goes, what? Absolutely not. There's nothing wrong with him. And just like completely destroyed this guy to the point where I could almost hear him running away in complete terror. And I think that's got to be a really difficult thing, right? For non-disabled partners of disabled people is when do you defer and let, you know, your disabled partner take control of the situation? And when do you appropriately redirect or, you know, advocate in the moment. And I think that's something that Kerry has taken to incredibly well. I mean, you know, we all make mistakes at times and sometimes it doesn't go 100%, but I'd say overall her ability to uh, not so much empathise, but to begin to understand how to best help me be me has been a really powerful thing. Yeah, that's and and that's part of it, right? It's it's you you two know each other so well, and you both get it. And I suppose 
part of the joy of life is just those moments where you can just get together and just laugh about the ridiculousness of all. Um, and it's funny, I, you know, I, I will say from my own perspective with my wife, because we're both visually impaired, they don't know who to pray for first. <laughs> because they're, and there's that kind of like, oh, it's nice they got together, but which one should I pray for? The funniest thing, of course, is who they speak to, because they don't really know who to speak to first. Obviously, if it, it's funny because when I go away on trips, I take my, I call her my work wife, Jane, and uh, she's my assistant and she comes with me wherever I go. And oftentimes because she's sighted, they always talk to her. They always yeah. talk to her. And you know, I, I could hold them, I could hold out my bank card or my credit card and say, right, I'm paying for this. And they'll hand it back to her. Because well, yeah. what on earth would I do with it? You know, clearly this is just her account. I'm just using. It's, it's that kind of nonsense you deal with, and you do have. I think you do have to laugh. I think you do have to laugh because there's so many instances of. I talk about the the sighted zombie problem, where you have the you know you you, you deal with one zombie and you you sort it out and you tell them how it works and then you turn around and there's another one right there. Um, there's just no way around it. You can't. You just have to learn to deal with it, and hopefully, eventually, we'll get to them all <laughs> one by one. Um, but it's not. And by the way, that's not why the show's called Double Tap. I just want to put it out there. It's nothing to do with the zombie thing. Um, but you know, you two obviously, you know, you've been together now for some time. Um, wedding bells. Wedding. Yes, we are engaged. Hey. We got engaged. When was it? June fifth last year. Tell us about the proposal. Come on, Jorgen, how did you do it? So it's, it's <laughs> an interesting one. It's not possibly necessarily on, on face value the most romantic. Um, it, towards the end of May last year, uh, I actually had an epileptic seizure. Uh, it's the first one I've ever had. Uh, they've now connected it to uh, damage to my frontal lobe when they removed the brain tumour that caused my sight loss. And uh, two weeks later, just less than two weeks later, I had my second epileptic seizure. And I was lying in a hospital bed with her holding my hand. And all these doctors are coming in and out. And there's blood scans and there's brain scans and there's this scan and there's that scan. And I had been planning on proposing in August. I had some ideas about I was going to do that. And in my mind, I was just going round and round thinking, why am I waiting? But I know I love this woman more than any woman I've ever met. And I know I want to marry her. Why Why would I wait? Because this, again, if I hadn't realised between terminal cancer and brain tumour, being run over by a car, and now epilepsy, that life is short, then mm -hmm. this was this was the moment. Then, In amongst the global home. pandemic, by the way. And, yeah. a, and a global pandemic, yeah, yeah. It was that too. So we got, we got back to the flat after about seven hours in A&E at &E, uh, St George's in Tooting. And we got, we got back and I said to Kay, I said, oh, look, get the tripod. I just want to record a video just to tell tell everyone I've had a, another seizure. And I could hear in Kenny's yeah. voice her great displeasure. Not pleased. I was yeah. like, you're not doing a <laughs> social media post yeah. right now. But, uh, and then I didn't want to stress you out because I was, you know, in that moment of kind of bubble wrap you and put you in a safe place, you know. Yeah. And so I let you get the tripod. Yeah. And I started recording the videos, sat on the sofa, carried it beside me, and just going, like, had a seizure. Obviously, it's really worrying, and it tells just, you know, reminds you about how fragile life is and everything else. And then in the video, you just, I then start to drop and turn and go, and that's why. And, uh, yeah, I proposed there and then on, <laughs> on a video after seven hours in A&E where, I definitely had looked better. Well, you know, I could say the same about myself. <laughs> I mean, I just burst into a flood of tears, I think. And Aww. we have the whole thing. We have we put a little bit out on the social media of the proposal. And, um, and then at the end, there was a bit of me, like, getting caught being like, are you, are you really sure? Are you feeling okay? Like, <laughs> you know, have you, have you had time to process what you just did and what I just said? So, um, but you, you knew what you were doing. I did. Yeah. It was well. It was a well. Wasn't well thought out or planned, but it was. It was just the, the right moment, yeah. and I think you know you talk about love, romance, and everything else. It sometimes the thing that isn't planned is the best moment, is the most romantic moment, right? You can over plan it, and you can take it to the nth degree, and 
you know, all I've heard some crazy proposal stories. Yeah. And I sort of knew that was never going to be me. <laughs> um, and for me, that was that was the right time and the right moment. So we get married 10th of October this year. Up in Scotland. Up in Scotland at uh, Dalhousie Castle uh, in Bonnie Lake. And are you, are you broadcasting it live on Clubhouse as well? We're, I'm waiting for the sponsorship agreement to come through from Clubhouse. I think uh, you should. Uh, well, they should pay you for it. Absolutely. Yeah. It would be like the equivalent of when a bachelorette or a bachelor gets married. They, <laughs> they, you know, they help out. Yeah, live on NBC. Yeah, that, that could yeah. work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely amazing. What an incredible story. Uh, and, you know, you two just sound wonderful. You're so cute together. It's lovely. You're giving me hope and, and faith in humanity again. I don't like it. Um, but honestly, it is, <laughs> it's so nice to hear your story uh, on such a great day. And of course, in the lead up to the wedding as well, I wish you both all the best with it. You're going to have a great wedding. And, you know, it, it just sounds like it's going to be a, a great life for you both. Uh, what's the plan? Are you, are you Obviously, you're both living in separate countries at the moment. So, And I know, don't get me wrong, that's, if there is ever a, a secret to a happy marriage, I think the answer could well be five and a half thousand miles. Well, but, actually, no. No, I'm <laughs> no. over here. I'm in London now. So, oh, you're living in London uh, now, are you? Yeah, yeah. So December a year ago, well, so December of the year we met, so December year before last, uh, having had uh, seven weeks in London and then I had three and a half weeks in Colorado, Kerry packed a bag with the threat of Omicron and moved in with me in my one-bedroom uh, cabin, I'll call it, uh, of a flat uh, in Ballon. And then February last year, we moved into a more appropriate size two-bedroom in the same building because uh, Kerry, having been born in Kent, despite yeah. her accent, uh, had the advantage of a British passport. So I'm ah. pleased to say we are living in sin uh, ahead but of right. our uh, marriage later this year. Live in sin as long as you can. I strongly encourage it. <laughs> Annoy as many people as humanly possible through life. I think that is that's the way I live. Um, guys, honestly, I, I'm so glad you came on to tell your story today, of all days, especially being Valentine's Day. I thank you so much for coming on and sharing, and uh, best of luck to both of you. Thanks, oh, thanks so much. And that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. If you've uh, got anything you want to say following our emails earlier, get in touch with us, feedback at doubletaponair.com, or call us one 803 Four five six seven. We'll be back tomorrow. Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI TV every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.